0: You're listening to the Baby, Your Baby podcast, joined today by Dr. Sean Esplin with a maternal fetal medicine specialist out of Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for being with us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So we're talking about what I've been told is one of your favorite topics. Yes. We're talking about how Intermountain is using technology to prevent preterm birth. That's right. Well, let's get right into it. How do we know uh, all of the causes of preterm birth?
1: So that's a great question. It turns out that we don't know all the causes, and it's amazing in this day and age that how little we really understand it, um, and that's part of the problem why it's so hard to, to treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're doing actually is we're waiting around for people to show up with symptoms, and once they have symptoms, they're already in labor, and then we're trying to stop that. And, and you can imagine that's, if you're waiting, the chaos. Yeah, if you want to keep your car from rolling down the hill, you don't wait till it starts rolling and try to catch it at the bottom, right? right? The best thing is to kind of figure out, you know, stop it at the very beginning. So out of every 100 women who walk through the door to see me in my clinic, I know 10 of them are going to have a preterm birth. I just don't know which 10 they are, right? So right. if I can identify the 10 early in the course of their uh, pregnancy, I have an option, I have the opportunity to try and stop it earlier. So there are a lot of different things that cause preterm birth, and we try to screen for all those things, things like infection, or bleeding, or twins or triplets, or a funny shape to your uterus. Those are all things that we know cause this, but, uh, but a lot of people show up and don't have any risk factors, and we just don't know uh, why they have a preterm birth.
0: And so what kinds of symptoms, and you talked about a few of them, but that preterm labor, what should they be seen? to when it becomes time to call their doctor. Okay,
1: so here, let, let me start first by saying this. There are a couple of things that you can, when you start the pregnancy, you know you're at risk and you should tell your doctor, okay? If you've ever had a preterm birth before, you, that's a big deal, mm-hmm. even if it's later at 34, 35, 36 weeks, okay? Most pregnancies we call term mm-hmm. between 37 weeks and 42 weeks, and and if baby delivers in that time, it usually does, it usually does very well, but, Uh, Before 37 weeks, that's too early, and the earlier you have your baby, the higher the risk in your next pregnancy of having it again. So if you had a preterm birth in your first pregnancy, you have a 30 to 40% chance of having another preterm birth in your next pregnancy. So you should be telling your doctor when you walk through the door that this is is something that's happened before. The other thing is, even without symptoms, when they do your ultrasound at 19 to 20 weeks, part of that ultrasound is to look at your cervix, Mm -hmm. which is the thing that kind of starts to thin and dilate to let the baby come out when it's time. And if we see it short, then we can identify it even before you have symptoms. And then we can intervene at that point. But if you haven't had a problem before and you've gotten through the pregnancy and you didn't have a problem with your cervix, then the symptoms you need to be watching out for are contractions, bleeding, leaking fluid, change in your discharge, um, you know, pressure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And the problem is people will say this is probably normal until it's too late, when, until right. it's not, right? So, because you
0: don't know what you don't know sometimes during a pregnancy. <laughs> exactly.
1: And the truth is most people have contractions, and I'm constantly telling my patients, listen, it's normal to have some contractions. Mm-hmm. The thing you need to watch out for is the frequency and intensity and duration. So when you're having more than six contractions in an hour, that's too many. Sure. And then you need to be letting us know, or you need to be getting off your feet or taking take it easy and kind of monitoring the contractions. But it's okay to have one or two every once in a while. And Then intensity is the next thing. You know, a mild cramping is not something I'm worried about. But if it's so severe that it's it's causing you distress, you have to. Okay, I can't talk. I've got
0: mm-hmm. to.
1: breathe through this, or I got to. I can't. I can't walk. That's strong enough that you need to let us know. And then if it goes on for longer than an hour or two, then we, we need to hear about. It. Finally, if it's associated with bleeding or leaking fluid, that's a big red flag, and you ought to call or come
0: Right, absolutely. And sometimes the best thing to do right off the bat is to call 911.
1: It can be, but most of the time it's just calling your doctor and saying, hey, these, I'm having these symptoms, mm-hmm. am I okay? Mm-hmm. Um, or even just mentioning them when you come in for your, for, your, uh, for your OB
0: visit. And so kind of changing our focus, talking about how we're going to actively identify some of those risk factors for mm-hmm. preterm birth. What are some of those um, Actively identifying factors.
1: So it turns out that it's it's more complicated than we had ever imagined, <laughs> right? You, you think, oh, this is simple. We're going to be able to find the people, and it's so complicated. That's kind of where this whole new technology stuff comes in. Okay, uh, I mean, we already talked about some of the risk factors, like if you have a previous history of a preterm birth, or if you have twins or triplets, mm-hmm. or if you have a family member who's had one before, right? That that's a that's something that should be on your radar, and you should mention those are risk factors. Um, other than that. Infections. If you get a urinary tract infection, or if you have, you know, vaginal discharge that's that's causing you discomfort, those things can be signs that hey, we may, we may need to check. Okay, um, the truth is, what we're doing now is we're actually realizing that the that preterm birth is actually coming from someone's interaction with the environment around them, and all the things that you do are kind of contributing to this. So. I was listening to the, a podcast on the way, and was talking about the effect of, you know, the the air pollution right. on our health. Well, right. that affects that affects pregnancy as well, right? And if you're predisposed and don't know about it, even that kind of environmental exposure can 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 really cause cause problems. One of the one of the causes of the recognized causes of preterm birth is stress. Mm. Okay. Now, you're just telling me how much stress this whole new change in your life has been, <laughs> comes come to here, right? And people go through stress all the time and don't end up delivering early. But the combination of stress and, and uh, a predisposition, in, a mm-hmm. genetic predisposition, is really where preterm birth can happen. Because
0: right? your body's already taking so much stress on just exactly. by being pregnant itself. Just, just
1: pregnancy itself is stressful. But right. if, you, if you aren't eating well or you don't have access to food or you're, you are not safe where you're living or mm-hmm. you, there's racial Uh, Tension, or I mean, all these things contribute to it, right? And so, you know, we need to use the what's we we are capable now of collecting so much data about people that you can actually you can actually use uh, machine learning to kind of put together all these pieces. I think of it, uh, preterm birth is a ten thousand piece puzzle (laughs) (laughs) that we've been trying to treat like a one or two piece puzzle, right? Right, and and really. If you look for, if you kind of do a broad examination of what what your exposures are, your environment, and you put that together with what your genes are, that's where we're going to be able to identify people really early and start to uh, and start to uh, and start to prevent it. And I, before you ask the next question, I got to tell you one more thing. Yeah. So it turns out that we're doing both of those things at Intermountain. So we're using kind of machine learning and trying to put all of the information that we have about people into, a, into, into a, something that can predict who this person is the one who's at risk. And we're actually just started an awesome study that is actually doing, um, looking at all of the genes that people have. It's, it's uh, called the HerediaGene study. And we're hoping to enroll 500,000 people who will then take their sample and we'll will look at all of their DNA, do their yeah. whole, will sequence their whole uh, DNA, uh, and that will allow us then to find the markers of who's at risk and who, who isn't, and I hope, my personal hope is that we can get 30,000 pregnant women and their babies and their partners to be part of this, because then once we see how mom and dad interact with mm-hmm. each other, and how the, out- the pregnancy outcome uh, occurs, we'll be able to find the genes that are the things that are actually causing this, right? So, I mean, that's where technology is going. Is, and is it's
0: amazing the- how technology is playing such a big factor in medicine these yeah, days. It is. Uh, and as they say, there's an app for that. There is an app <laughs> for that, right? Are
1: you think? okay, whatever, I mean, we can't survive without our phone, right? Obviously, no. Yeah, so, and, and it turns out that that phone is actually super helpful in, uh, in, you know, getting healthcare too, mm-hmm. and so we, we just did a study um, at Intermountain that was called the Prevent Preterm Birth Study, and we enrolled uh, about twelve hundred women, and we randomly assigned them to two groups. One group had a blood test that was screening for their risk of preterm birth, and the other we just let them go have their normal pregnancy. Right in the group that we screened, when they had a high risk, we said, "Okay, now we know you're at risk." What can we do to help you? And we we treated them with stuff like progesterone that we know helps, and aspirin that we know helps, and we saw them more frequently. But there's some data out there to suggest that the more frequently you con- you're in contact with your care provider, with your midwife or your doctor, the lower your risk of preterm birth, even in high risk groups. And you know, as I as I was thinking about that, thinking, well, what we need to do is just contact people every week and and talk to them. But it turns out that you have a phone yeah. that can allow you to interact with, your, with the team that's taking care of you all the time. And so we created, an, we created an app that every week would just send a little nudge and say, hey, are you having any symptoms? Tell them about us, right? Tell, tell them to us, and, and people could just answer, yeah, I'm having contractions. And then the app would say, well, how often are they, and how intense are they? Kind of the questions that I just went over with. Right, you right. right. And then give them information about, about, hey, you need to call, or these are okay. Just take it a little bit longer. take Wait a little bit longer. And the really cool thing is you could have hundreds of people on this app and have one person at a computer who's kind of monitoring. I can see the three people who had symptoms that they reported within the last 24 hours that weren't worried some are concerned, and I can call them, right? And I can, I can be in touch with them. The, the people with the app can look up information. They can contact their doctor directly from the app. They can get information about what they can do to prevent preterm birth. So, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, when you show up at your doctor's office, the chances that you're gonna be having the symptoms that you are worried about or concerned about Very are really, unlikely. really low. What you need to be <laughs> able to do is immediately talk to your doctor when you're having the symptoms, right? right. So, so if you have an app that allows you to have the kind of access when you're having trouble, that's perfect, right? And vice versa yeah. because
0: it also creates that extra outlet then for the provider to contact uh, the mother again right. saying, "Hey, how are you feeling? Right. Are you still having these symptoms?" Right. I, noticed that that you said,
1: I noticed that you reported these things. Exactly. And you're the one I need to talk to, right? Exactly. I can't call all 100 of these patients, but I can call you because I saw what you. Because I can see what you. You reported.
0: utilize the technology in yeah. the app. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I think it's yeah. really cool. Well, well
1: I, here's another thing I'm going to tell you. I, I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's just listening to patients and and validating their their worries and concerns or. Asking them about their uh, asking about their symptoms, or whether it's just giving support and actually just making them feel like you know I'm not alone in this, or I'm part of this thing. And so, as we were developing this app, I, I kept telling the, the app folks, I want a place where people can get together and talk mm-hmm. about their pregnancy mm-hmm. and say and say uh, you know I'm having these symptoms, or what are you doing for this, or anything for that. And I mean, there are there are data out there that suggest that. That even this this type of prenatal care that's called centering, where instead of showing up and and waiting for your doctor's appointment by yourself in the in the in the office and then going into the room and sitting there and the doctor comes in and spends five five minutes with you, and leaving, you come and you're with a group of people who are all there at the same time for the appointment, and you talk with each other. And you have you they give you kind of a let's let's talk about diet or let's talk about exercise. Let's talk about Sex or let's talk about whatever, yeah. right? whatever you guys are interested in, and one by one they take them out and do their doctor visit. But you're actually spending that two hours. It's like medical of,
0: group counseling. It, it
1: <laughs> totally is. It totally is. And I I actually think that there's value in ha- making those kind of connections. So on Instagram, this group made a they made an Instagram site called I'm a Mom to Be. Yeah. Where suddenly there's millions of of, of followers because people are sharing. I'm having these symptoms. Well, here's how you can fix that. Or here's pictures of my baby. Or you know, I mean,
0: because it makes you feel like you're not alone. Sometimes exactly. you feel like you're on an island. Exactly. And no one else is having these problems, or no one else is having a complication, yeah. or no one else feels the way that you feel. But in turn, that is so wrong. Isn't it? Yeah. And I think it is so important for uh, other women, whether it's a mom to be,
1: yeah,
0: a, a mom who's just had a baby, yeah. a mom with a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, right. a twenty-year-old, right.
1: To, I'm on the grandpa. To get a, I'm on the get grandpa together, coach, absolutely. We're all sleep. in this together. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I mean, it turns out that it'd be really awesome if your doctor or midwife could provide that kind of relationship to you, but we only get to see you for five or ten minutes. So, right. So, and finding other ways to kind of get that, and so a lot of people get it from their family, their friends, and but you know, I think this is these are kind of things, different ways to think about it.
0: I think that's really neat, and so talking about this nudge theory—that's yeah. what we're using in this app. Right, and it's kind of all about artificial intelligence. There's some algorithms. Right. Yeah. It's so really sciency and cool. It, it
1: is. What's really cool about it is, if you take this um, this 37 question uh, survey, the app can actually figure out what kind of messages you respond to, and how motivated you are, and how tech savvy you are, and what your, what your abilities are and what your motivators are. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, the, the name of the app is not very uh, sexy. It's My Moby. Right? And the, <laughs> well, what, what the heck does that mean? What it means is the MO stands for motivation and the, the B stands for behaviors. You know? And What the app is actually doing is saying, what kind of message would help you to, to, to actually accomplish this task? Mm-hmm. So you know, If I'm talking to uh, someone who's had a history of a preterm birth and I want them to take their progesterone shot, you know, some people will take it because their doctor says. Some sure. people will only take it if they, if they understand more about the why. Okay, so the app actually understands that about you and sends you the kind of messages that that you that are motivating to you right? that you need to hear yeah, that you need to hear and allow and actually provides you information that you want and it it, it kind of it's interesting because it keeps track of the kind of things that you like. But right? so if if it was tracking me, it would say this. This guy loves memes, and <laughs> <laughs> we're going to send him something funny every day, right, or twice a day. So, um, I mean, but th- th- those kind of things, it kind of learns what you like and mm-hmm. how, how frequently you like to be talked to and the way you want to be talked to. It gives you the message that is going to be most motivating to you. And what's amazing is as we've used this app, we've found that people stay really engaged. They, I mean, 85% of the people we gave it to were answering every week for six, 16 weeks straight, right? And that's because... Moms are motivated. They, want, they really want to be involved.
0: Absolutely. And Intermountain is leading the way in this field.
1: Well, I like to think so. We, we are interested, we, we're constantly trying to find better ways to take care of people. I yeah. mean, the, the whole thing is helping people live the healthy, healthiest lives possible. And that means you're tracking outcomes, that means you're trying to find new and better ways. And why not use the technology that's available to kind of take it from a different angle?
0: Well, and it's the technology that we're all using as yeah. our phones. It's the yeah. Internet. It's apps. Yeah. My kids, social media.
1: My kids won't talk to me face-to-face. They want to text me every day, right? So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to learn that. I mean, we need to start. That's how they want to be approached. There you go. Just yeah. You
0: need to start using some algorithms on your kids. That's right. That's, 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 I'm going to try that. <laughs> oh, fantastic technology that you guys are working with at Intermountain Health. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing it with that's us. my pleasure. And uh, I'm excited to see more moms using it. Yeah, yeah.
1: we're excited, too. So look forward to talking to you
0: again. All right. Thanks so much, Doctor. And that is your Baby Your Baby podcast with Dr. Esselin. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.